Good morning, Faith. It's a blessing to be back with you again after being in France last week. Uh, I actually was with you by video last week. I got to enjoy hearing Aaron speak. One of the things I noticed, by the way, is that uh, we are definitely a Baptist congregation. You, you know what that means? Everybody likes to sit at the back. And so all these front center rows are empty. And at one point last week, Aaron had the camera guys focused down on the congregation. It looked like nobody was here. And I knew everybody's behind the shot of the camera. And we, we need for some of you to move up here and, and sit up close so that when people are viewing the, this is the service that, that we televise. And so when people are watching the service, that they know that there's actually people here. And I know that some of you are afraid of the camera. Joe's not afraid to sit in the front. Thank you, Joe. Uh, by the way, I, I got a text message just before the service started that the Phillips in France are watching the service with us. And so uh, everybody give a, a hand of welcome to the Phillips family in, in France this morning. Uh, we, we really had a great time with Anthony and with Nikki, with Kylie, uh, with Josh and with Taylor. And I know that they're all watching this morning. So, hey, guys, thanks for a great time in France. Um, we've been talking over the past five weeks about prime directive. What is our purpose? What are we all about? Why are we here? And we've talked during that time about the great commandment. Now, the great commandment is, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all of thy might. And the second part of that is, Jesus said like to the first, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But as we're talking about our purpose for existence, individually and as a congregation, I want you to think about not only the great commandment, but also the great commission. Now, we just heard those verses. I'll read them again. Jesus came to said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, I need you to understand, when we're talking about the great commandment, Jesus was asked, Jesus asked others, what is the greatest commandment? Well, number one, it is love God. Number two, love others. But you need to understand something to get to the third part of our prime directive. Because we've said that it's love God, love others, reach the world. You need to understand that God loves everyone. God loves people. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, God loves you. If you've never been told that, I'm here to tell you today, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done, does not matter your background, your family, none of that matters. God loves you. 
And because God loves you, He wants you to be saved. For God so loved the world. Can you help me with this? For God so loved the world. I can't hear you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, the love of God. God loved you so much that He was willing to send His Son to die in your place, to die for your sins. God's love means He wants you to be saved. Take that a little step further. Our responsibility is to love God and to love God with all that we are. And I have said to you over several weeks now, Keela, if you love God, you have to love people, right? Loving God means you love people. If you love God, you will want the same thing He wants. God loves people, and He wants them to be saved. If we love God, we must also love people, and that means we also want them to be saved. It also means, look, if you love God, you know what? You want everybody to love God. I mean, if you really love Him, you want everybody. I mean, I love Oreos. One of the hardest things, we took three packages, big packages of Oreos to the Phillips in France. Okay? We got them there. Miracle of God. We got them there without breaking a single cookie. You know, Charlotte, you know how many Oreos I ate while I was there? None. None. It was their cookies. But I got to tell you, if you love Oreos, you think everybody ought to love Oreos. Right? How can you not love Oreos? Especially, Nikki bought me some of the white covered Oreos in France. Now, those I ate. But I didn't eat any of the Oreos that I could. How could you not love white chocolate covered Oreos? How can you not love Jesus, who loved you so much that he gave his life so that you could be saved? If you really love Jesus, you know what? You want everybody to love Jesus. And you won't understand why other people do not love him. So we have, we've got two things going on here. We've got, we love people because God loves people and we love God. But we also love people and we want to see them saved because we love God so much we just want everybody to love God. And so I need you to understand that the great commandment to love God and love others and the great commission to go and make disciples are so completely connected that you cannot fulfill one without fulfilling the other. If you love God, you will love the souls of men and want to see them saved. If you, want, if you love God, you will want other people to love God just like you do. And so our prime directive is a, con 
is a uh, is a combination of the great commandment and the great commission. So what is the great commission? Well, for one thing, and if you've got one of the worship guides, these notes are in your worship guide. If you're logged in to the and Anthony and Nikki in France, you can do this. You can log into our website and click on note taking and you can actually fill in uh, my notes from the sermon there in France or wherever you're watching the service today. You can log on to faithnlr.org and go and take notes and all of this is there for you to, uh, I mean the main points are there and you can write in the, the minor points. You can take notes. Okay, so what is the Great Commission? The Great Commission is purposeful. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, the go and the make disciples are commands. But this shows the purpose that God has for us individually and as a church. It, the commission is purposeful. Go and make disciples. That means that our church has been commanded to purposeful outreach. It's, that is, we're not just trying to, you know, we're, we're not just opening the doors to the building and expecting people to come in. It is our responsibility, Larry, to go get them. That's, that's the command. Our purpose is to reach the world for Christ, beginning in our own neighborhood, but not just staying in our neighborhood. We are commanded to outreach. It is a personal command. That means that if you know the Lord, you ought to be reaching out to someone else. And it doesn't matter. Um, Andrew's probably the newest member of our church, baptized. Uh, Kai is not with us. Those guys were baptized the other day. Newest member of the church. Andrew, it's part of your responsibility to reach out and to bring others. He's, he's got... Stacy with us again this morning. Praise God. We're glad to see Stacy with us. But even the newest member of the church has a responsibility. You know what's a blessing about this? Let me just pick on Andrew some more. By having Andrew get saved and come and be baptized, be a member of our church, Glenn, that means we, we now gain access to all his friends and family, co-workers, everybody he knows. That is an opportunity now to reach out through our connection with Him to other people. That's what this is all about, outreach. And that is a personal command. You're supposed to be doing that. It's not just the pastor's job. It is the responsibility of every member of the church. The church is to focus on outreach. Listen, the great commandment is not just a great suggestion. It is a commandment. It is an order that we must obey. Understand, the purpose of our church is evangelism. I think that sometimes we do not emphasize that enough. Our purpose, listen, we're called Faith in LR. Faith is our name. And our purpose is to lead people to faith in Jesus Christ and to help them grow in faith as they walk in faith 
with Jesus day by day. That's why we're called faith. It's all about faith. You find Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says that righteousness is found through the gospel and that we, those who find righteousness in Christ through the gospel of Jesus Christ should walk by faith day by day. We're missing a very large family from our church, from our services this morning, because the mother in that family died yesterday. I noticed, Aaron, that we were missing a lot of our orchestra this morning. Praise God for one faithful member. But the others were out, not because they're delinquent, but because they are making funeral arrangements for their mother today. How do you get through that? When a loved one dies... How do you survive that? It is by walking by faith in Jesus Christ. And it is our task, it is our purpose to lead people to faith in Jesus Christ. When somebody comes to a small group, it's important to me to know that they are going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, how to be saved. You say, well, people in that small group most of them have been saved a long time. Yes, but there may be somebody there who is a guest, who is there for the first time, who has never really been saved. And I want to know that when people come to our church, they hear the gospel, the soul-saving gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're all about. You see, the, the Great Commission is purposeful. Not only is it purposeful, but it is powerful. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples. We, we talk about, jokingly sometimes, when you see the word therefore in the Bible, Rodney, you look and see what it's there for. Well, it's there to point back to the word authority. You have the authority as a congregation we, as a congregation, have the authority to spread the gospel to all the world, beginning in our own community, but not staying there, to all the world. We're authorized. I'm picking on the, the Phillips because hopefully they're still watching and we didn't get cut off the air like sometimes happens. But, you know, they are in France. They're not there without any authority. They've been sent by the authority that God gave the church to send them. That church has been authorized to send them, and they go by authority. You've been authorized to go to your neighborhood. You've been authorized to speak the gospel to your friends and your family, and everyone that you meet. But listen, that, that's not just a matter of authority. It's based on authority, but it's also based on power. In some translations, it says, All power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's a Greek word, exousia, and I think the primary meaning, meaning is authority, but it also does carry the weight of power. All power has been given to me. I need you to understand, when you're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is a very powerful thing. 
God promises always to bless His Word with His power. I would say to you that, in fact, in the course of history, there has never been anything in all the world so powerful as the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Delenn, throughout all history, if you look at history, there has never been a king, there has never been a kingdom, there has never been an army, there has never been an enterprise. Nothing has so affected the course of human history as has the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We go with power. We not only go with authority, but we go with power. There is no power on earth greater than the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and nothing has so changed the course of history. But get this, don't miss this last sentence. Faith NLR, Faith North Little Rock, has the power through the gospel to change the world. One life and one family at a time to change the world. The question is whether or not we will obey that command because the Great Commission is purposeful and the Great Commission is powerful. Not only that, but the Great Commission is a partnership. It's a partnership. Notice that he says, I am with you always to the end of the age. He does not say, you go and do the best you can. He says, you go and I'll go with you. I can tell you that 30 years ago, 37 years ago, when we left the United States and I took my family, my 10-year-old daughter, my 6-year-old son, my beautiful young wife, when I took my family to Africa, I was very glad that I had the promise of the presence of God, that we did not leave Him behind, but that He had promised to go with us. You need to understand, because it's nerve-wracking sometimes to go to your neighbor's. It's nerve-wracking sometimes to knock on a stranger's door. It's very nerve-wracking to sit by a stranger on an airplane and to say to them, Sarah, do you know that God loves you? You know, you don't have to be a theologian to say that. Phyllis, anybody can say that, right? God loves you. I want you to know God loves you. You can at least say that. Listen, you don't go alone. You're not alone at that moment. Jesus is with you. He promised that. Jesus is with you. You don't go alone. Not only that, but the Bible says about Jesus that His purpose, that He came to seek and to save that which is lost. Now understand, Jesus is with you when you witness. Jesus is with you if you're a missionary when you're preaching on some foreign soil. But no matter where you are, if you're in Sherwood, if you're in North Little Rock, if you're in Conway, if you're in Cabot, if you're in Michigan, got friends preaching right now in Madison, Wisconsin. Wherever you are, Jesus is already there 
and by His Holy Spirit, He is seeking the lost, seeking them to save them. And by preaching His gospel, by sharing your faith, you know, you may not be able to preach a sermon. You don't have to. But you know what you can do? You can tell how you got saved. You can tell what God has done for you. And when you do that, you are joining Christ. Our evangelism textbook a hundred years ago in, in seminary was a, a book by the title, With Christ After the Lost. He's already there. He's already seeking. And when you do this, you're joining in with Him in what He's doing. I mean, this is really cool. It's His kingdom. It's His power. He's there really doing the work. He's just using you to share a testimony. And He's so generous, He calls you a co-laborer, a partner with Him. I want you to understand this too. And this is especially good to me because Anthony and Nikki are watching the service right now. Fulfilling the Great Commission puts us in a partnership with God, but not just with God, it also makes us partners with the missionaries that we send and support. We, we support the Phillips, and when we do, we, we support Chase Reynolds, we support, I, I, I could name a, a dozen, 15 or 20 or 30 missionaries that we support. And when we support them, they're witnessing in places that we cannot go normally. But we are in partnership with God in the work He's doing and with those missionaries. The Great Commission is purposeful. It is powerful. And it is also a partnership. It is also practical. The Great Commission is practical. It said, he said, make disciples. And he says, how do you do that? Baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Now, you break that down into three practicalities. First of all, he says, make disciples. Um, making a disciple. A disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a disciple is a follower, and what we're doing is making people a follower of Jesus Christ by bringing them to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. We're making them followers when they are brought to salvation, which we call conversion. When you trusted Christ as Savior, He became your Savior and the Lord of your life. And you're supposed to be following Him, obeying Him, doing the things that He said to do. And so making disciples means bringing people to salvation. But being a follower involves even more. It also includes following the Lord in baptism. Now, one of the issues that I'm dealing with as pastor is that I, I've got people who are saved and, and, and have not been baptized. And, you know, that's a strange thing in the Bible. Because in the Bible, any time 
people got saved, they got baptized. Now, baptism is not for salvation. It's a testimony of salvation. In fact, I've said it's identifying with Christ. Because, see, baptism is a pictorial ordinance. We, it, it pictures the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a burial. I mean, Charlotte, when we baptize somebody, we bury them. We don't just sprinkle a little dirt on them, a little water on them. Man, we put them all the way under because it pictures the burial of Jesus Christ. But John, it also pictures the resurrection. So we stand them all the way up. Man, when I baptized in Kenya, I got really good because, you know, I was out in the villages and tell you there were creeks that were only ankle deep. So for me, baptism there always involved a shovel. And I would dig out a hole and pile the gravel downstream from the hole. Zach, that backs the water up. And it gets, and by digging and backing up the water just a little bit, if I could get the water this deep, you can't see that on camera, almost knee deep, almost knee deep, I baptized in water that was less than knee deep. How do you do that? Well, I would have them sit down and stretch their legs out, and then I would lay them down under the water. Boy, that's, I laid them out. That's burial, right? That's a real picture of burial. But then I didn't leave them that way. And Stacy, I didn't just make them sit up. I made them stand all the way up. I would have them sit up and then stand up because it's a picture of the burial but also the resurrection. And you do that because when you follow the Lord in baptism, you're identifying yourself with Christ. That's what Andrew did two weeks ago. He made a public testimony that he now belongs to Jesus because he was saved. The baptism didn't save him. It just was an identification that he already belonged to Jesus. It's also an identification with the church. That is a prerequisite for membership in the church. You, After you are saved, you need to be a part of a fellowship you need to connect with the church. You need that connection, not just conversion, but identification and fellowship in the church. And so this is practical, conversion and then connection. And then it says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Now I need to point this out, because sometimes people spend their entire lives in church and they learn more and more and more about the Bible but they don't do anything that the Bible says. And he did not say, teaching them to know all that I've commanded you. He said, teaching them to observe, and that means to continually do. We don't translate it do, because that might mean one time. It's not just one time, it is continually to practice what Jesus said. That means that by doing what he said to do, we are day by day becoming more and more like Jesus. Now we use the theological term sanctification, but all that means is becoming holy like he's holy by doing what he says to do. And so teaching them to continually 
do what Jesus said to continually do. That is, little by little, day by day, as we walk by faith, being conformed to Jesus Christ, becoming more and more like Him. Listen, it's practical. If you have never been saved, you need to come to Christ. You need to come to faith in Jesus Christ. If you have done that, you need to be baptized. You need to identify with Christ, but you also need to be in fellowship with the church. That's the next step for you. You need to do that. And then from that point on, you practice doing what Jesus said to do. You imitate Him, and as you do, you become more and more like Him. You can make a commitment to do that today. I do want you to understand this, though. The Great Commission, I'm sorry, the Great Commandment, love God, love others, plus the Great Commission. The Great Commandment plus the Great Commission is our prime directive. That is what we're supposed to be doing. We love God. We love others. And we try to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you have not been saved, if you have not been baptized, if you are not walking with Jesus, it's time to start. This is an opportunity. We give a few moments at the end of every message on Sunday to give you an opportunity to respond. Now, what I'm saying is, if you've never been saved, I'm going to be up here just for a couple of minutes. We've got music playing, and it's an opportunity as I sit up here for you to come and just sit down by me and say, I need to be saved. Or to come and say, I need to follow the Lord in baptism. Or to come and say, I need to join the church. I need to be in fellowship with the church. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to pray. I'll be sitting here praying, and if there's some decision, some commitment that you need to make, just come join me. If you stand, I'll stand. If you sit, we'll talk. But this is your moment to answer God's invitation. Will you come?